Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. Right on. Well, I'm excited for today. It's going to be some good fun. We, um, thank you. Uh, yeah, we've, got, we've actually got a really fun announcement that's going to come up. I'm going to share with you later. And, uh, but first, I want to kind of talk to you uh, about, uh, yeah, man, spot on. A lot of just kind of how we are, why we are, the way we function, and how to kind of uh, capitalize on that, if you, if you will. If we know how things work, sometimes we can position ourselves and, and move ourselves in such a way that we're, we re- we receive the benefit of that. Does that make sense? So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, I, I did want to touch on that testimony Dave shared. Uh, it was wild. Like we were, we were in that uh, cafeteria in OM and literally the whole ceiling was shaking. Like not like we saw in the spirit shaking. Like in the natural, it was shaking. <clears throat> and we genuinely thought, oh, they're really going for it. And then I found out later that week they were just having a silent moment. I'm like, whoa, that's wild. So pretty wild, pretty, pretty cool. A um, lot of what Dave kind of was even sharing and pointing at, uh, we're going to kind of talk about today and unpack uh, just a lot of who we are in the spirit. Um, you know, if, if you haven't figured it out, we're not, we're not your normal church. <laughs> not just because the, the rain boots. <laughs> It's not every church you got to get towed out of the parking lot. <laughs> but not just because of that. We're, we're not, you know, I, I spoke several times ago kind of touching on a, a point uh, about this that, um, you know, if we've been in church for any amount of time in our life, when we come into a, um, an apostolic environment, an environment of family, an environment of uh, of functioning and, uh, you know, through the fivefold, we're, we're going to experience something different than what we were used to in any other experience. Amen? Has anybody had that experience? I don't, I mean, and sometimes we might not even know what it is. I can't quite put my finger on it. I can't quite put, you know, words to it, but I just know that when I go there, I come alive. Like there's something happening. And that's this, uh, 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 this thing that there's a, there's a supernatural aspect to what we're doing, who we are, um, who we're designed to be. There's a whole spiritual, you know, element to what we're doing. And really this, you know, it says that the um, uh, foundations were built on the apostles and prophets. And it says that in Ephesians. And that when that foundation is built like that, there's access to an experience um, spiritually that we may not have access to uh, outside of that design. And that's what we're feeling, and that's what we're experiencing, is being part of the Bethel movement with you know, apostles, prophets, pastors, with all the fivefold functioning. We're experiencing a grace. We're experiencing something. And again, we might not know coming in. We're just, oh, it feels great here, or I feel alive here, or I experience the presence, or you know, I get encouraging words. But all of that's possible because of the design because of the foundation, because of the family, the way it's designed and the way it's functioning, that there's actually, you know, supernatural element that's taking place in the middle of a service way more than we can intellectually grab a hold of. Yeah? 
All right, so you excited about that? All right, you can, you can start that, Kirk. All right, <clears throat> so I'm going to follow along here. So, I, I, we're, we're, this, so that's kind of what we're going to talk about a little bit. Um, I just want to kind of, again, lay this foundation of this reality that we are living a supernatural existence. Did you know that? We're living a supernatural existence. Like, you know, we can, you can go to the next there. We can, uh, in John it says that which is, you know, Nicodemus comes to uh, Jesus in the night. Says, hey, I'm interested in this thing you got going on. I don't know what it is, but I'm, I'm, I'm hungry. And, and uh, Jesus says, oh, yeah, well, you, you know, that which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Like, no, you, you actually have to be born again to experience this. Like there's, there's something, he's coming from a natural approach, the natural world, the natural realm. I, I, I'm hungry for this. Oh, no, you have to be born again. Oh, I don't get it. What do you mean born again? Oh, no, you, you've been born of flesh in the natural, but now you need to be born of the spirit. Like there's a spiritual side of what's happening. You know, Paul talks about in Corinthians, though we look at the things which are seen and at the things which are not, but, but at, well, let me start over. We look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen because the things which are seen with your natural eyes are temporary, but that which we do not see is eternal. So like if you start unpacking and like digging around, it's, it's so apparent. I almost wonder how I missed it before. Like how I missed that there's a, a whole world spiritually that we have access to. And I think most of us, especially in the church at large, and it was my experience too, was I kind of just camped out at the cross and, and hung out with Jesus. It wasn't there, but I didn't know that. <laughs> you see, Jesus says, I am the door. The door to what? The door to the kingdom. Remember, Jesus didn't preach, you must be saved. He, he says, which you do, so don't hear me wrong. <laughs> He, he preached the kingdom saying the kingdom is in front of you. There's a whole world of existence in front of you. And how do you access it? Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Like we have to change the way we think naturally to begin to access what we are and who we are and where we are spiritually. Because there's a whole kingdom available to us, but we have to change the way we think in order to see it. It's right in front of you. Right? Jesus says, it's right in front of you. It's, it's, it's right in front of you, right within your hand. In fact, in Luke, he says that, that the kingdom of heaven is within you. So it, 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 it's all here it, currently. And sometimes I think we, if we don't know, we're just, you know, grateful to be a part of what we're a part of and the experience. But what I want to kind of point to is there's so much more available than just what we've touched on so far. Um, you can go to the next one there. So again, he raised us up, seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ. Um, Jesus, I'm sorry, uh, Paul talks about this in Ephesians, you know, emphasizing, if you think about the state, the, the, the uh, scripture as it said, he raised us up with him and seated us in heavenly places. It's a past tense statement. Like, he already did it, not that he's going to do it. 
So you currently are seated with him in heavenly places. <clears throat> Jesus emphasizing you're not of this world, but I chose you out of the world. Like the natural world isn't the superior reality. Um, again, Jesus saying, my kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom is not of this realm. Remember, they wanted to make him king over their people. Oh, this is the savior. And they were thinking naturally. He came to deliver us from the uh, people where they were in bondage to. I, I think it was the Romans. I could be wrong, right? So he, they, he, that's what they thought naturally because it's what made sense naturally. But Jesus came in a different manner, didn't he? No, no, no. My, my kingdom's not of this world. It's actually of a different realm, which should pose some questions for us. Because if there's a different realm, I'm thinking I kind of want to know what that's about. <laughs> like, what is in this other realm? What exactly is out there? What's, why is it even important? So, next thing. We're, uh, we're really familiar with a handful of things that aren't of this world. We're, we're familiar with the supernatural existence piece that, oh, we're a supernatural people because we experience some handful of things. Primarily the gifts, signs, wonders, you heard David share earlier, miracles, healings, the gifts, the prophetic, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, um, you know, uh, prophecy. Like the, these, these gifts, we're kind of like, we're very familiar in our culture, Yeah. You pray for someone, they get healed. Like there's an element to the supernatural piece of who we are as a people that we are familiar with, but it, it, there's still more. And I think sometimes, like, again, I said this before, being a part of this movement, we actually experience, you know, this is our inheritance from fathers. We're experiencing a normal that they fought for because it wasn't normal, because it's not normal in the natural. So a culture where you can come in, experience the presence, function in hearing uh, the voice of the Lord and, and prophesying over people around you, laying hands on the sick and they get healed, like that's not normal. <laughs> I'm not sure if you're aware, that's not normal. That is actually supernatural. It's not natural. But we function in that without even hardly trying because of what we've been a part of is in, a, in terms of an inheritance of fathers and mothers in an apostolic environment that are meant to equip the body to do the work of the ministry. So we function in those things just by the sake, for the sake of being sons and daughters of, of a house and of, of this family, not even as much as I, I know what I'm doing. It's just, oh, we can do this. I didn't know. And here we go. But if we can, can shift and realize, oh, no, we can actually learn and then begin to move forward, what could we lay a foundation for that sons and daughters and legacy-wise would experience beyond us? But I think grasping a hold of how this works and how this functions is really important. It, it empowers us to, to then do something about it. Um, oh, oh, we're there. Okay. <clears throat> no, oh yeah no no you're good do that go back there that's great sorry this is I'm not really if you've been any part this I rarely do this so this is new for me so I'm learning um, I also learned that you know my my font on that needs to be a little bit bigger I learned that today 
I did put it on my TV and try, though. I was like, okay, well, let's see. But, you know, we step back. I'm like maybe 10 feet back, but, you know. So we're learning. So supernatural existence. So one of the things I think is really important in terms of, like, growing in this awareness of who we are in the spirit. Let me, let me touch on that for a moment more before we move on, but this, this awareness of who we are in the spirit. I'm in a conversation one day, and um, I was kind of learning and growing, because I think, I think what happens is we, we, even in terms, yeah, go back a slide, thanks. <laughs> even in terms of uh, signs, wonders, miracles, gifts, we're still almost like from the natural realm trying to figure out how this works and, oh, this is an amazing thing, but I'm still kind of functioning from the natural. Like, I'm trying to figure out how to access these spiritual realities and then do them, but I'm still thinking from the natural rather than thinking from the spirit, which in Romans 8, right, is all about being spirit-led. So I'm in a conversation with a, a gal one time and uh, I don't know, she was having some issues and we were just, there was conversation around a dinner table and, and she was having some stuff going on with relationship stuff. And I was like, oh, oh, I see the problem. I said, oh, the problem is you're, you're being soul-led and not spirit-led. And, and she goes, well, how do you be spirit-led? And I was like, oh, that's a great question. <laughs> I'm gonna go do some homework and find out. And... Uh, because I just, you know, sometimes we grow and do things we don't really realize. I'm like, oh, what is that? What are the keys there? And as I started unpacking that, like, I, I started realizing, oh, we can, you know, we're very much a part of an intellectual culture, right? And we're, I think, attempting to do Christianity intellectually, which actually can't be done. It, it's not possible. That's why it's super natural. <laughs> if it's, if I'm doing it intellectually, I'm only doing it naturally. That's the soul-led part. My mind will, my emotions, my body, right? I'm trying to figure out Christianity. I'm trying to figure out doing the works of the Lord. I'm trying to figure out, you know, doing these things, and I'm trying to understand them before I do, which doesn't work out, right? That's why it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your path. He'll lead you. Like, I actually can't rely on my understanding. Because when I do, in, in, in Romans 8, you know, Paul says that, um, you know, the, the natural mind is at enmity with the spirit. Like, naturally, if I think, come, if I approach God, the, revival, anything, if I approach the heaven, kingdom, with a natural mind, I will undo what he's doing because I can't figure it out. Like my natural mind, and, and I'm not saying you're not saved because how many know we can be believers and still function naturally? Well, if you didn't know, we can. <laughs> we can be believers, born again believers, awaken the spirit has been awakened with inside of us and then we continue on life out of our soul and our understanding. And then this is where I think we live mostly. And this is the charge I want to kind of point at today is there's, there's, there's more. There's more. There's another element. Because intellectually, I, I, I am actually at enmity. I'm hostile toward what the Lord is doing. I'll find myself in a service questioning whether the guy on the floor crawling around, hopefully not in here, 
But, you know, shaking and laughing and crying at the same time, I'm going, that's fake. It might be, not be the Lord. It might not be. And it might not be. But it might be. But if I rely on my natural mind, I'm hostile toward what the Lord's doing because I can't understand it. And that's the point. We can't understand the kingdom. That's why, you know, the Lord says, hey, come. And I'm like, sure, great. It's going to be awesome. And it was excruciating. (laughs) Okay, I don't get it. But I know who you are. And I know you don't change. So I must be growing. Like, I don't understand it. But it's not going to change. I won't waver because I'm led by the spirit. I'm not led by my soul. Because if I'm led by our soul, think about it. We probably wouldn't do or go or be most anything God's called us to do, go, or be. Because it doesn't make sense. It doesn't feel good. It's contrary to everything I've ever learned. There's a lot of walls. The, the Lord's called us a supernatural people. We can't live from our soul in the natural and try to think that if I do things just right, I'll access this reality in the heaven, which is what we do even in our culture, in this prophetic culture. Like, oh, I, okay, if I just got to do the, be there, say the right prayer, or, you know, you pray for the sick, or maybe, who is it, me? Or maybe I didn't pray the right prayer. Maybe I need to pray differently. It's not a, a, a slot machine thing. Like, you don't do a certain dance and hopefully God moves. I know it sounds obvious, but I think we actually live like that. No, no. If we lived from the Spirit, it'd be a different story. If I lived from the seated with Him in heavenly places, if I lived from where it's at, oh, I happen to the world, the world doesn't happen to me. It, it doesn't change the world happening. Okay, we're getting me on a different message, but we're not going to do that right now. Go on to the next one, thanks. So we're going to move beyond those things and realize who we are in the spirit. You see, there is a, uh, you know, another piece to this that, um, uh, uh, you know, being a part of this, an apostolic environment where there's, you know, I love Lindy had that dream about Jesus giving gifts out. And I'm like, that's it. That's the message. It's Ephesians 4. Jesus gave gifts to men that we're actually empowering, uh, uh, you know, those fivefold people to actually release the grace to empower the body to do the work of the ministry that we function in the gifts that we function in because of fathers and mothers around us that have empowered us. Like there's a whole lot more going on than we're aware. It's not just as tangible with my eyes as I might want it to be, because it's easier sometimes if I can just see it, right? No, we live in a place of mystery when we live out of the Spirit, because, man, our soul's not going to figure out a whole lot of what's happening until it does. And then we get to repent, change the way we think, and go, oh, that's how you work. I didn't realize when you said you were faithful, you really were. (laughs) Now I know. So, couple of the factors that we get to experience is power and authority. You know, through this, um, through this, uh, again, this apostolic environment, there's power and authority released into the body of Christ to do the work of the ministry. Like it literally when, um, you know, Jesus sent the 70 out, they returned saying, even the demons are subject to us in our, in your name. He said to them, I was watching Satan fall from heaven like lightning. 
And then he said, behold, I've given you authority. See, they, they were thinking naturally, oh, I'm going to go out and, you know, pray for people. They're going to get healed. And then they realized, oh, my gosh, the demons obeyed what we were saying. Like, they've never obeyed before. What was the difference? Jesus sent them. Oh, apostolic is to send. Sent them. And what did he give them? Power and authority. Oh, so they could do the work of the ministry. And there was a whole thing going on in the heavens that were way bigger than what they were seeing with their eyes. And so that's, I just kind of want to begin to like charge this uh, us as a church family to realize there is so much more going on in the heavens than we can even grasp. The kingdom is so much bigger. Go on to the next one. We're gonna, I'm gonna have to start moving faster. So, so let, let's just do, touch on a few. I'm gonna, we're gonna be in school for a moment. We're going to touch on a few definitions because sometimes we can get, we get a little convoluted with all our own ideas of what things mean, but let's just biblically get back to the Greek word of what grace means. We are a grace culture. If you're not familiar with that, we are a grace culture. And I know that statement sounds like something that it's not because it's been perverted. It's the wrong version of what grace is. If we understand what grace is, you would never think we can abuse the grace you would never think you could continue on sinning and, and it's all okay. That, that's not the definition of grace, if you understand what grace is. It literally means in the Greek, divine influence upon one's heart. That is, when you're experiencing grace, you're experiencing a power. It's a supernatural power to become something you couldn't have before. Grace empowers, which is where we, we've heard the statement, Bill Johnson said that grace is the operational power of God. It comes out of its definition. So here it is, for it is by grace you've been saved. Have you been saved on your own? No, and we know the right answers here, but we get, we, where we get caught up is we go, oh, but you did have to say yes, right? <laughs> I was like, well, I'm afraid if I answer, it's gonna, right? I did have to say, well, you know, it's not on my own, but I did have to say yes. So is there a part of you that it is a, that is a part of this process? Here's why. It's grace that you've been saved. In other words, the em empowerment came upon you that actually gave you the ability to say yes. So it's not of you, lest anyone should boast. No, we did not get saved on our own volition. We merely responded to an invitation because we were empowered with the ability to do so. Like that's the supernatural power that's taken place. Uh, again, if Paul says, you know, of which I've been made a minister according to the gift of God's grace that was given to me. So the gift of the empowerment of God that Jesus gave gifts to men, that empowerment, that, that grace, that supernatural power empowered Paul to do what he did, to make him come from one thing to another, to begin to bring a message to a people group that was completely contrary to anything in, in society. Like, he was functioning according to the empowerment that he was walking in. This is why we, he said, Paul says later, you know, he says, um, you know, what shall we say? Should we continue to sin that grace may abound? Well, no, because would we continue to sin? So, but if we did, the empowerment of heaven to cause us to change would be even more. But if we're functioning in grace, we're actually being empowered to become something we couldn't have. Transformed. Your, which is how behaviors, how all that happens. It's not because, oh, well, you know, I made the right choices and I did this and I did that. 
Thank you, Jesus. No, no, grace actually came upon you to cause you to become different. Because who you are in the spirit needs to show up in the natural, and it's only the grace of heaven that can make that happen. Okay, go on to the next one. Um, again, a few more terms we're going to talk about. When we're talking about the spiritual, you know, we're asking, there are things that are happening, and once again, that we are unaware of naturally. There are things happening spiritually. Um, to impart, we've heard, you've heard a lot of it say, oh, impartation, or, you know, uh, I'll impart this to you. What's that mean? It's to share something with someone or to give of one's substance. It's literally, you know, for I long to see that you may, um, may I may impart some spiritual gift to you that you may be established. So literally, like I lay my hands on you and there is a supernatural transaction that happens. There is, there is something you didn't have, you can now have now because it was imparted to you. One of my favorite books is um, Bill's, uh, Bill Johnson's book, Supernatural Power of a Transformed Mind. And it wasn't at one point, I was in an argument with Justin one day and, um, surprise, <clears throat> and, uh, it's teasing. So here we are having this conversation. I'm telling when heaven invades earth is really one of my favorite. And he's like, no, this was a better one. And I actually couldn't even remember the book. And so it was years after I'd read it. I went back and read it and I'm literally reading the way I think I'm reading. And I had couldn't, I didn't, I'm like, that's the way I think, but I didn't know that it happened. What happened? I had an impartation while I was reading the book and I became something that I couldn't have before without even being aware it was happening just simply because I was receiving. So there's more when you get, when, on a, you know, average, uh, you know, Sunday or whatever, or any messages, podcasts, you know, when we're receiving something, there is more happening in the spirit than there is intellectually, even now as we're speaking. There are shifts and adjustments that are taking place. You know, it's, uh, it's the nature of uh, um, the tuning fork, right? If we pop a tuning fork and you have one around, it's going to start reverberating as well, isn't it? We're vibrating, right? Isn't it? It's going to start going, why? That's what happens. When we get around this kind of environment and there's this spiritual activity and flow happening, like our tuning forks are coming into alignment with the kingdom of heaven. And if we know that, well, then it's a no wonder that Bill Johnson's the first in line to get an impartation from someone in the room because he understands this is how I experience the kingdom. This is how I receive what they're giving Okay, next, thanks. So laying on of hands is the how we impart, right? So Simon, look, this is the importance of it. Simon saw the spirit was bestowed through the laying on of hands. And so he actually wanted that. Like, oh, I'll give you money for it. But I realized that when you lay hands on, some, on someone, something happens. Like if we understood that if someone laid hands on us, we might value that a little bit more that when we did that, we would receive something. So this is the how. It's why it's an important thing. You know, again, do not neglect the spiritual gift within you, uh, which was bestowed on you through prophetic utterance and the laying on the hands of the presbytery, like it's a big deal. It's a big deal when leaders lay their hands on you to empower you to do something. There's a supernatural transaction taking place. It's far more than just, oh, okay, well, this is what we do. I put my hands out to receive. Go ahead, next one. I am going quick, sorry. So well, we've heard, had this uh, in part of our language too, uh, equip, equipping. Um, 
this, you know, this guy was reading a book called Equipping the Equippers from Jonathan Welton. And, uh, and he, he began to unpack this word that the word equip means to set an alignment like as a chiropractor would adjust the bones of a body. It actually like shifts things. It's why if we're listening to a message from Bill Johnson, there's stuff happening inside of us that's click, 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 isn't it? It's shifting. It's coming to I'm set tuning fork, you know, uh, example where things are like beginning to resonate at, this, at the place it's supposed to with the kingdom. Like there's a, there's a shift happening inside of us. It's beyond our understanding. And it's not even necessarily the how-to, right? It's, no, I'm going to give you a bunch of tools and equip you and set you and align you and position you. You still might not know how to use the tools. And that's where the training comes in. And that's why we use the statements training and equipping but equipping is this very much of a spiritual transaction adjustment that's where we're coming into alignment. It's what's happening when we're hearing a lot of our message on a Sunday morning. When we come in here, we're coming to be equipped, to be set, to be aligned, to be adjusted, which is vastly different than a normal church. You're going to come to hear a good message, get five points, and maybe try to apply them the following week to, be, to, to do something better. And, and, and that's not inherently wrong. I don't want to imply that. But there's something more. And, and if we approach this with that mentality, we'll miss what's actually happening in the room. Because this is a supernatural environment. There's actually, you are meant to do the works of the ministry out in the world to be trained and equipped and sent. And if we have a different approach to coming in, we align ourselves to receive in such a way that we experience that empowerment. Okay. One, uh, several things that equipping does is it establishes culture, it adjusts mindsets and belief systems, and it empowers the body through grace. I'm going fast. I know there's, this is a more bigger topic, but bear with me. Go on to the next one. This is how. We have this statement a lot, a culture of honor, and, and uh, I think in the supernatural or the um, kingdom culture, the term honor is very different than what we know of in our natural culture, um, the society. Um, Paul Manwaring has a, a, a statement, if you will, that kind of defines that. He calls it recognizing the glory of God in another, the correct recognition of the glory of God in another. So I just kind of tweaked a little bit to help give it a little bit more understanding. When we honor, we recognize the glory of God in another, and that is after the spirit, not after the natural. I'm recognizing them after the spirit, and then I'm valuing them accordingly. And so I've talked about this before, but there's this like thing where we, uh, we call it, you know, uh, a bucket culture where I'm going to bring my bucket to somebody's well and draw from it. That's what honor is. I recognize there's a well in the spirit and I'm going to bring my bucket. I am actually going to value accordingly because I see it. I'm going to draw from that because man, I want some of that. And I love, uh, right. I mean, that's the, I'm going to pull, I'm going to, I want to experience what you're carrying. I have to see after the spirit to do this, though. This is very much can, is available in a prophetic culture. It's harder at, without that because if I don't see in the spirit, I'm only valuing according to behaviors. Oh, that's the miss. Yeah, because we don't value according to behavior because that's not who they are in the spirit. Who they are in the spirit is a child of God with caring and functioning in ways that they were designed to. Okay, big topic, not getting too much into it. I become a conduit. I'm sorry, it becomes a conduit in which I can receive access wells. I will share this story. Uh, Zach Ayton is on my third-year staff, and, and he was sharing with me his, his, uh, pr his perspective of honor, and he goes, it's, you know, when I, 
it's almost like I have like these satellite dishes that kind of come out from behind me and, and like they, you know, I just want to point him to receive everything that that person has to give. And as he's just grown over the course of years, his, his, his satellite dishes have become huge and he's got multiple ones. He's got like just wings of satellite dishes to receive the gift that's on someone's life. What they're pouring out, I want everything that they've got. Like that posture and position of honor, which takes humility, Proverbs. It takes that to receive, but it allows them to receive things that he couldn't have otherwise, which is what we were designed to do, to function in a way supernaturally. This is the how, okay? All right, go on next. Okay, great. So... Back up a slide. <laughs> Quit. I felt like there was one piece I, I wanted to I get to before I got there. So I, I want to char- charge us to begin to shift the way we function and realize what's happening, that there's more taking place in the spirit in an average message, in an average podcast, even in a worship set. That gal that asked me, you know, about spirit-led, I realized, oh, it's just the, the opening and being re- able to receive what's happening spiritually over the course of time at any given moment. Whether it's in a worship set, whether it's getting prayed for by somebody, whether it's hearing a message, it's just opening myself up to what the Lord wants to do that is typically outside of my understanding. That's how we're spirit-led. I have to let go of my mind sometimes to receive bigger in a mystery that I can even grasp naturally. And my mind will catch up to that reality. And it does. That's called growth. (laughs) We do. This is how we grow. But I actually have to posture myself in a a little bit of a mystery of unknown. Like, well, okay, I'm not sure if like I'm, that's all what guy guy is saying is true. But maybe we feel a tuning fork vibrating. Like when I first heard Bill Johnson, I didn't believe anything he said. (laughs) I was like, this is a joke. Like for real, like this is. But you know what happened? There was a tuning fork. It was vibrating inside of me. And there was something happening. And I said, but I feel it's true. And that was my spirit. You see, our spirit has been made alive. Our spirit has come to life. We actually experience things spiritually way more than we can cognitively. And allowing ourselves to do that actually causes us to experience things, uh, uh, life in a different way. We are now empowered to do things, say things, hear things, become things that we couldn't have naturally because we just can't with such a finite natural mind. We have to allow ourselves to trust, come in humility, and open ourselves up to what the Lord is doing in a different manner, yeah? yeah. Cool. All right, so I got a fun announcement for you. We are, um, you can go to that next slide. We are starting a new department. It's called Bethel Equip. Yay, what am I I clapping for? Um, A a lot of what, so what we're going after with Bethel Equip and understanding what we just kind of laid a foundation for with what Equip is, yeah? I'm receiving an empowerment. We're gonna begin to oversee and facilitate the training equipping of the family here. Uh, next slide, please. So what we're building in, in our vision is that we're building a structure for uh, the Bethel Atlanta family outside the school environment to experience being trained and equipped, uh, also to intentionally cultivate the culture that we're going after as a family, and to expand our leadership base. Yeah? That's kind of exciting. 
So, so that's what we're going after. We really want to intentionally begin to move forward as a family, pour in and invest uh, uh, you know, um, the culture that we're, we're hearing the Lord on and, and building. And, um, and again, provide an environment where training and equipping can happen. Even uh, for us that can't do a full-time school, it's providing some, you know, one night a week where that can, is available so that we can begin to be trained and equipped, like how to use the tool and give me the tool. And, and, and so I can go then change the world because that is what we're going after, right? Restoring cities. Okay, next one. See where we're at. I'm just going to follow yours. Oh, oh yeah. So yeah, just a reminder, right? That was just to remind you what that is. Go on to the next one. So training is important to understand. It's the how-to, right? If we say tray, it's a, a train, it's a practical how-to instruction and activation. It's the how-to to use the tool that has been given to you. So if I give you something, I give you a bike, and I give you a manual on the bike. You got it figured out? Oh, why not? I read the book. I read these books. I know how bikes work. I even have a bike. I got the nicest bike. Good. Go for it. What do you need? Oh, no, you actually need to be trained. You might need some training wheels. You might need to practice your prophetic gift and get some wrong so you could figure out how to get it right. Oh, we actually need a training environment, but that is what training classes are. So they're very much focused on the how-to part. Examples are some of those. You can go to the next one. So we're starting a midweek service. (laughs) Bethel Equip will be overseeing a midweek service with, again, its goal and intention to train and equip the body to do the work of the ministry, to uh, uh, empower them through the laying on of hands. We'll talk about that in a second. But it's this midweek service structure that we get to, to do that and facilitate that. Going to the next one. What are we doing? We'll be doing a full worship set. We'll be doing equip messages and training classes, which are two different things based on the information I just gave you. Yeah? Quit messages and training classes. We'll have, we want people to connect. We want to have an environment where we have connection happening. And then there's childcare available as well. Yeah. Amen. Childcare. Next. So there'll be two formats that we do this. We will be having an equip night and then we'll be having training nights. So it happens like this. An equip night will be the first Wednesday of every month. When? Say that again. First Wednesday of every month is, a, is an equip night, an all-in night where we come together and, uh, and be equipped. We'll, I'll unpack that. Training nights are the remaining uh, Wednesday nights of that month will be focused on the how-tos. Next, thanks. What are they? So equip nights. They're the equip messages that are to establish culture, adjust mindsets and belief systems, and empower the body through, Christ, uh, through grace. Both the same. <clears throat> An example of this is an equip night. We'll have worship. We'll have an equip message. We'll have an impartation time. We want to value the laying on of hands to release people to do the work of the ministry. And then family connection time. Well, it sounds like a normal service, Dan. It is. What's the difference? We adjust our satellite dishes. We adjust our, we bring our buckets. We realize there's a well. I'm, I'm, I'm being empowered to do something I couldn't have before. There's things happening inside of me in this environment and here now this environment that we get to experience, yeah? So we want to do this intentionally. Next, thanks. 
Training nights are the how-to classes, activation. I we talked about that next. Example of this, we want to have multiple things going on on an individual night for many people to get trained and equipped or, or, or trained. So we'll have a full worship. We might break off into different prophetic, uh, like this example is a prophetic training class. We'll have the Bethel Newcomers class and then maybe a health class. But there will be multiple classes that we can be a part of. So we break off into these things and then we come back together for a family connection time at the end. If anybody was a part of any of the Bethel Life rounds this year, this is kind of where we started going after of providing some, you know, different treats and coffee or whatnot at the end of the night. And we were able to gather and connect and get to know each other. And so it was just a fun little environment, but there was this training and, uh, and equipping aspect that's happening. So we're doing that. The focus we're going after in 2019 is presence and kingdom family. Like we want, go ahead to the next one. We want, we desire to see a new level of presence, glory, and worship in, in this whole family. Like we want to go after equipping and training in regards to his glory, his face, his nature, even his baptism. Like we want hands-on things happening that we're getting trained in, but we also want very much like tuning fork stuff going on of like, this is what the glory looks like. This is what we're, what's happening. Kind of what Dave was sharing, when the glory of heaven shows up in a kingdom family, boom, this is what takes place. That's very much an equipping setup. That's a tuning fork setup where we get to go, oh, oh, that's what it looks like. Now go get trained on how to encounter heaven practically by April. He does a great job. Okay, next one. Kingdom family, we want to see people experience a, a, a new level of, of a new depth of kingdom family in the Bethel Atlanta family. Like we want to, we're talking about it, we're growing in it, but now let's, we're going to want to be intentional about going after some of the practical. Let's grow in family finance, marriage relationships, friendships, parenting. Again, equip messages regarding this, setting us, tuning for it. And then hands-on, how do we have brave communication? How do I talk to people when I don't like them, but I love them? <laughs> like, how do I do that? I need to know how. So that's, uh, we'll go after training classes that do that stuff and equip. Nice. So these are our themes. Next. Thanks for hanging with me here. So through this midweek service structure and, and, and the train equip night format, we'll be facilitating this focus on presence and family throughout the year of 2019 to equip us as a family. Next, thanks. To equip us as a family to uh, uh, begin to walk in, function, and do the works of the ministry in regards, especially in regards to uh, fam, kingdom family and presence. Yeah? So we'll have a website page coming soon, and, um, and then there'll be announcements coming in January, but we're launching this February 6th, 630 OM building, Tyrone, OM building is where the school's held. There'll be, yep, more information about this. But uh, again, this is, is there another one? I think that's it. Is that it? Yeah, great. So this is kind of where we're going. This is what we're doing, what we're going to tackle this next year. I'm, I'm super excited about it. I love the fact of getting things into the hands of people, um, out, you know, outside of even what we do already as a school environment, but now uh, providing this as an outlet for some more training, equipping, and growing as a church family, and to begin to point us, you know, toward where we're going as the senior team set this uh, uh, kingdom family and presence theme. They set this vision, said this is what we want to go after this next year. And so we're just a, a, one of the departments that's going to begin to facilitate this. There'll be others that are doing it as well. But uh, yeah, so that's, that's what we're doing. I, I hope you guys are excited about that. Please look for an announcements.
be, it's good. Be looking for announcements. Be looking for information regarding the web page and stuff like that. But really, uh, I would encourage you to even listen to the message again, that first piece of, of beginning to adjust how we approach what we're doing as a body and as a church and uh, so we can begin to experience uh, greater levels of breakthrough. Yeah? yeah? Cool. Love you guys. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.